Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Today's date is January 7th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we have some interesting news. The first of those being the Dolphins came out and announced that Tua would remain the team starter. The Dolphins will also be looking for a new offensive coordinator because Chan Gailey resigned. So we're going to be discussing that. And then Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy. And a lot of people are looking at that third overall pick that the Dolphins have. And would it be the right move to go for a guy like Devontae Smith at that number three spot. We're going to be discussing that all in today's episode. So first we will begin. The Dolphins came out and announced that Tua would remain the team starter. And frankly, that's kind of the general sentiment that I think, uh, you know, 90% of people kind of had. It's kind of a rare instance, I think, for a team that early on to turn away from their rookie quarterback. A lot of people point to Josh Rosen because of how recent it was, but that's really not a common occurrence. And on top of that, going back to Josh Rosen. Tua's rookie season was by far a ton better than Josh Rosen's was. Tua was not bad. At worst, he was average or maybe a little underwhelming, but to say that he had a disaster of a rookie season would be a stretch to say. And then on top of that, I kind of mentioned a few episodes ago that for the Dolphins to switch quarterbacks uh, at this point early on, the GM, Chris Greer, and all the staff would basically be having to admit that they made a mistake. And I do think that when it comes to these GMs, you know, they have a bit of an ego. And when you go out and say that you messed up that early on a draft pick that you spent, you know, fifth overall on Tua, that would be a massive mistake that you have to admit to so early on when you could potentially end up looking even worse if he goes to another team and develops into something. But so the Dolphins came out here and they announced that Tua would remain the team starter. And frankly, this announcement doesn't really do much to sway me uh, from where I was thinking beforehand, uh, just because I don't really truly believe what NFL uh, GMs and teams kind of release in these statements. And that's not to say that the Dolphins are a specific team that I don't trust or anything. I, it's just a general sentiment. The NFL is a business and teams will do whatever move they feel right. And frankly, this is a situation where if Chris Greer felt any different, what's he supposed to say? No, we don't think Tua will be uh, the team starter. Then he's stuck with what would be the most chaotic, uh, you know, uh, dramatic, uh, biggest distraction offseason-wise in terms of just football stuff in recent memory. And if he comes out in here and he says, uh, you know, no comment, that's basically a polite way of saying no. So he has to say this. And now again, I'm not saying that I think they're going to go a different direction, but when a team comes out and makes a statement like that, I don't think that that really changes my opinion. It's not going to really solidify my mind. Okay. Yeah, they said this. So now he's a team starter. I'm kind of basing my logic of him being the starter in the future, just based on how he played, where he's at in his career. And the fact that Dolphins already invested in him, uh, them coming out here and saying, that he's going to be the starter, it doesn't really do a lot more to kind of solidify my opinion. It's kind of already set to where it's at. And again, this is something with that with every NFL team that I just, you know, I don't really trust what they say. Cliff Kingsbury, you know, just a few years ago said Josh Rosen's our guy, and then they did not hesitate one bit to pick Kyler Murray with the first overall pick. It's a business at the end of the day, and the Dolphins are kind of trending more and more towards that Patriots approach where they're very quiet and they like to keep their moves under wraps. So overall, just a nice thing to say, but it's not changing.
changing my opinion too much. Um, now, the next thing here, the Dolphins offensive coordinator Chan Gailey resigned, and he will no longer be the team's offensive coordinator. If you guys listen to my takeaway from that Bills game, the first one that I had there was that I think Chan Gailey's gone. I just don't see any scenario where the Dolphins could, uh, you know, use another year of Tua's career in this same system where he looked very uncomfortable, he looked very restricted, and just overall, he wasn't able to move the ball downfield. And I pointed to a few things that I thought were out of his control. Of course, the receivers dealing with injuries, guys opting out, and things of that nature really held them back. But even when guys were healthy and Ryan Fitzpatrick was the quarterback, getting these guys separation was a huge issue. And I've seen people on Twitter who really like the Chan Gailey system when people are kind of throwing out the idea of, uh, you know, getting rid of Chan Gailey. They were kind of against it. And they were pointing to this idea that, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to succeed in the system. And while I will say that he did do better downfield, you got to recognize that's just Fitzpatrick. That's like pointing to uh, Adam Gase and saying, look what he did to Peyton Manning. At some point, you have to recognize Peyton Manning is Peyton Manning. Fitzpatrick has been doing that his whole career. Sure, he had that tenure with the Bills with uh, Chan Gailey and he had it with the Jets as well. But when Fitzpatrick, you know, I'm, I'm here in Texas, when he was with the Houston Texans, he was the same Fitzpatrick. Uh, when he was with the Buccaneers, he was the same Ryan Fitzpatrick throwing 400 yards, throwing massive picks that threw the game away, but also having these amazing, just monstrous numbers in certain other games. So at some point you have to recognize, okay, maybe it isn't so much that Chan Gailey is helping Ryan Fitzpatrick, but it's just Ryan Fitzpatrick doing what he typically does. So again, I mentioned earlier the separation stats and how that was a big, huge issue, but just overall, most of the passing stats when it came to Miami this season, they were either in the bottom half or in the bottom corner. Uh, yards per attempt, they had seven yards per attempt that was in the bottom quarter. Uh, when it came to passes beyond 20 plus yards, they were in the bottom 10. Uh, passes beyond 40 plus yards, there was only two teams that had fewer. And then Devontae Parker, who I mentioned, he had seven catches of 40 plus yards. His longest catch of this whole past season was 31 yards. He didn't have a single catch of 40 plus yards. So, you know, given all those statistics, I mean, that's hard enough, but I think at the end of the day, you can just go back to the eye test on this one. There was no real moments where I was really just excited about this Chan Gailey system. There was that up-tempo offense that we saw a few times, and it seemed like right after the half of games in the third quarter, but then they would just dissipate. And then we'd, the next week, we'd get some of the same old conservative style of offense. At best, it was uh, decent for a short period of time, but for the large majority, it was a very dull, very uninspiring offense, and it's almost like I could count how many truly creative and awesome plays I saw. There was like a shovel pass uh, to a tight end early on in the season. Uh, there was that two-point conversion play to Isaiah Ford, the hook and ladder. Uh, there was the Lynn Bowden pass. Now, I'm not talking just creative plays, but just ones that I thought put players in a good position. You didn't really see too much of that, especially when it came to throwing the ball downfield. And again, with Tua so early on in his career, I just didn't see it as a wise move uh, for the Dolphins to kind of, uh, you know, force another year and kind of bet 
his progression on this system that is clearly just really not working for him. But at the end of the day, Chan Gailey elects to resign and the Dolphins will now be on the hunt for a new offensive coordinator. Now we move on to the last topic of the day and that is that Devontae Smith won the Heisman Trophy and the Dolphins have that third overall pick. Again, you take into consideration the Jaguars are nearly 99.999% going to get Trevor Lawrence. Justin Fields is a presumed number two pick thinking that the Jets are going to go quarterback as well. So the Dolphins are going to have, if that scenario plays out, a guaranteed opportunity to draft Devontae Smith. The Dolphins have a serious need at the wide receiver position. I mentioned those issues getting separation, and that just happens to be Devontae Smith's forte. Now, if you listen to my last Dolphins Talk episode, some of these points may sound familiar, but I am a big fan of Devontae Smith, and frankly, I think a lot of people are saying that if you want Devontae Smith, you have have to trade down. And I will say that's a best case scenario, I think. But if you're the Dolphins and if this is 100% the guy that you want to go after, then you draft him at three. And I don't think anybody would complain about that. But if the Dolphins are approaching this more with, okay, let's trade down. And if we get either Jamar Chase or Devontae Smith, we're happy with either one of those guys, then I'd be okay with that approach too. But if you feel like Devontae Smith is your guy, then you 100%, I think, have to make that move at number three. And again, that's not my opinion. That's just saying that if the Dolphins feel like he is the guy, then I am just 100% of the mentality that you go out and you get the guy. No excuses. You get the guy you want. Now, uh, when it comes to Devontae Smith, there is one knock on him that is thrown around constantly, and it is his frame. The guy is really, I don't want to say frail, but he is a smaller guy when it terms of his, in terms of his like density. Uh, his legs are very small. That's kind of the main knock on him. He weighs just over 170 pounds. He's six foot one. And he is just a very frail guy. Some people are concerned about whether that could translate to production in the NFL or longevity and health. So the obvious kind of comparisons I've been seeing thrown around, and they are just the superlatives, just the absolute max. It's Marvin Harrison and Isaac Bruce who are thrown around, both just absolutely terrific careers. And, you know, you would hope that you could get production like that out of a guy like this. But I think even in modern times, like right now, guys who have these similar builds and are still able to succeed are the guys like T.Y. Hilton, uh, you know, smaller guy, and he was still able to produce as a team's prime primary weapon. You look at guys like Will Fuller. Will Fuller is a free agent now. I've been saying the Dolphins should go after him. In terms of his per game stats, the guy is absolutely ridiculous when he is healthy and when he isn't being suspended. When the guy is on the field, his production is through the roof and it's truly wide receiver one numbers. And he is also a guy just over 170 pounds and six feet. So very similar build there. Same thing goes for Robbie Anderson, who just put up over a thousand yards with the Carolina the Panthers and then Deshaun Jackson just kind of made a career off being a deep threat and being elusive and being able to produce without having to take much contact. So there is some examples of guys who can succeed in this way. Another guy that I mentioned is Taylor Gabriel who burned the Dolphins back in 2018 as a member of the Chicago Bears. Those are all examples but I think it's very important that if you do go that route with a guy like Devontae Smith that you kind of have a compliment to him because he isn't the prototypical wide receiver one build. And I say that because it doesn't matter, for instance, who else is on the Falcons team. If you have a Julio Jones, a big body guy 
like that, I think he could be a wide receiver one absolutely regardless. I think it's very rare that you have a guy who is on the smaller side and he doesn't need that big body receiver as a compliment to kind of take some of the pressure off. I think one of the few instances that we saw that was with Antonio Brown, who was still able to succeed at a high level. And then, yeah, maybe T.Y. Hilton uh, just a little bit. But I would really like the idea of complimenting a guy like Devontae Smith with keeping a guy like Devontae Parker around. I know there are some kind of uh, people wondering on Twitter, should they trade him? I would like to keep Devontae Smith and Parker or Preston Williams and have that combination. Because I think if you, in the rare instance that you trade Devontae Parker and maybe you release Preston Williams or, or trade Preston Williams, I don't think Devontae Smith with his build and rolling out with a group with him, Albert Wilson, Lynn Bowden, and Mike Kosicki, I don't think that's going to work out because you have too much of the same. I think you need to mix it up a little bit. But when it comes to getting a guy like Jamar Chase, I think even if you don't have a Devontae Parker, just the kind of prototypical build that Chase is fits that mold more of a true wide receiver one that you don't have to shy away from his frame. And I'm not saying that to suggest he's going to have a better career and he's going to be better because of his frame, but I'm just saying that it's typical when you have, you know, those smaller guys, when you have a Tyler Lockett, you need to have also a DK Metcalf to kind of complement their style. Like if you want to maximize Tyler Lockett's production, you need to have some other weapons across the board that are more, you know, that offer more in terms of contested catches and, and just have a receiver who has that big frame. But again, those are just my thoughts on that. Maybe you disagree. Maybe you think I'm completely wrong and that Devontae Smith could just serve as a true wide receiver one regardless of who else is there on the offense. But I just think that with his skill set, it would be a little bit more risky to roll out with him as your true wide receiver one this point in his career, as opposed to kind of complimenting him with another guy who is also a very capable receiver. So guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up this episode. As always, if you'd like to follow me on Twitter, you can do so. That is at ShadySteven and at ViaTheSource. If you could, if you enjoyed the episode, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. It goes a long way and it would truly help a lot. And if you have any questions, comments, things you would like for me to discuss in future episodes, feel free to reach out to me on Twitter, send them there. I will gladly discuss it in the next episode. Guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up the episode. Until next time, I'm Steven Masso, and this was Via the Source.